Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this fabulous and wonderful Wednesday morning. Hard to believe that hump day is on us once more. I tell you, it just feels like it was just uh, Wednesday uh, last week. So it just uh, unbelievable, man. I can't believe that uh, we are right here uh, midweek, middle of September. It's going to be Christmas again before you know it. Uh, shudder to uh, <laughs> think of... Uh, uh, of such things that, uh, um, well, here we go. Sorry, I've tried to do two things at one time. I apologize, but it is uh, it is worrisome for me <laughs> because my kids are older. You know, I dread. I miss the days of when uh, they were little and uh, you could get them whatever, and they were happy. In fact, they'd probably be more happy with the box than they would be with the uh, uh, actual gift that you got them. I miss those days. I really, truly do. And uh, now everything is so much more expensive that they want. And uh, it is uh, a pain in the butt. <laughs> every year we say we're not going to go overboard. And yet every year we always do we'll find a way to somehow uh, do that. And uh, so, oh well. Of course, I'm like one of those, you know, that I know I spoil my kids. But it, uh, I just want them to have a good Christmas, you know, that's, that's my big thing, and so I tend to go a little overboard uh, with, uh, uh, with buy, gift buying, uh, but uh, with them or just family in general, but uh, I just always, always want everybody to have a magical and fun Christmas, but uh, that's just uh, how I roll, you know what I mean, Vern? All right, for those don't know, that was a uh, earnest reference, so... Oh, you know, we got watching this morning. Let's see, we got Kim Stephen Hensley, Angel Dixon, Rusty Paws, Amy Oaks Turner, Donna Taylor, Amy Harden, and Darlene Barker watching this morning. So appreciate you all tuning in, and uh, I hope that uh, today is blessed and wonderful and full of magic for you. <laughs> Okay. Yes, I know. I am odd and I'm weird and I have a strange sense of humor. A lot of people don't get my humor because I have a smart alecky sense of humor and I and I think very oddly. <laughs> so I've even had people tell me I'll be joking with them and they say, You're really weird. I'm like, I know, I know. I in fact I have to pray every day, Lord, please fundamentally change and transform my mind so I don't sound like such an idiot when I talk because I do have a very weird sense of humor and looking at things and um, y'all don't realize that a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody they can say this word or make a phrase and I'm automatically thinking about a movie or a TV show or something that I've watched that might have used that and so then I'll make I'll blurt out a joke that I think's funny because I'm reminded of something humorous of what I saw and then the person's looking at me like what's what's wrong with you you know I, my, my response is either laughter or okay you know so anyway let's <laughs> do our pledge of allegiance this morning i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible with liberty and justice for all all right uh you know <laughs> watching the news this morning it uh blows my mind uh how i guess it should be a surprise how stupid californians are you know that's why i get really upset the fact that so many are moving here to tennessee and those from new york but to real uh, to, to reaffirm 
Newsom, Gavin Newsom, back into office. It just, it is, it is mind-boggling. All the insane things this man has done, and and the taxes, and and uh, the, it just, it blows my mind. Uh, it, it just, uh, it's, it's hard to believe that there's a state full of people with with mental illness. I mean, it just, there's no other way to describe it. But, oh well, it is. Um, our, our world is going mad, people. It really is. You know, uh, so I do want to say real quick, though, uh, man, I tell you what, it is uh, mind-boggling the amount of people here lately that's dying from COVID. Uh, of course, you know, um, we saw where the um, Tim Cable passed away, and uh, like I said, him and his wife were really good people. It was really, if you read the article from JHL about uh, how Cable Country got started through the loss of his son, and uh, while he's trying to cope with his grief, it's very, very heart-touching uh, article. But then I saw what Morgan King had on Facebook where his neighbor died of COVID. I don't know how many people I see on Facebook daily that's put on there somebody they know, somebody they love, somebody you know is they've died of COVID. It's uh, it's getting crazy, man. I mean, I'm not into conspiracy theories. You know, I've I've heard conspiracy theories where it's population control makes you wonder. You know. It's just weird how some people get it. It's no worse than a cold. Some people get it and they die. It's just uh, uh, it's a very odd thing. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, I got the shot only because I have a very compromised immune system. Many of you who know me know that I stay sick a lot, so I had to do it uh, to get that. But, you know, still don't guarantee that you still won't get it, but at least it, if you do, it won't be as bad, hopefully. But, uh, you know... Uh, you just go out to pray about it. Think about if that's something you should do or not. Uh, the mask thing, you know, I, I hate them because <laughs> I can't breathe. But, uh, you know, we really need to pray for our country, whether it's political, spiritual, uh, physical right now. Uh, you know, they said they're even having to get National Guards uh, members to uh, drive buses because they have no bus drivers. People don't want to do it. Well, it's, it's We're living in a crazy time, man. It's, it's just... Uh, uh, you know, there's a movie coming out again showing my my nerd side, uh, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, and uh, kind of makes me think back of the show Sliders, where he would uh, slide into different. It's the same world, same time, uh, or, or how should I put it? It's basically the world, but it, when they would slide into these wormholes, they would come out, but it'd be like say. Germany won, uh, Nazi Germany won the war, and so you see what happened there. Or uh, the timeline wasn't the same as it was here. So <clears throat> they would be going to these different places, the, the same world, but it was just, you know, the, the circumstances had changed it. And so it would be like <clears throat> me going to another world, and, and uh, uh, I was like super rich in that world because of decisions I made. Or I went to another world and I was president, or I went to another world and I was an astronaut, uh, or... No, to another world, and I was a supermodel, famous actor, which, you know, that wouldn't be that far off, but <laughs> I'm kidding. But it is, uh, so that's what I feel like, you know, with the way the world is going crazy that I woke up in some alternate dimension, and I'm like, what is going on? I've, I've slid into another world that this is not the world I've, I knew, <laughs> you know, it's what it feels like. But, oh, well, like I said, as you can tell, my mind is, is very uh, screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Watch too many movies and TV. All right, uh, we're going to look at uh, the story of the Good Samaritan this morning, and uh, look at the socio-political and ethnic ties into uh, this message, uh, as well as the spiritual aspects. Uh, I'm going to read this, and like I said, I I've got to feel bad to read this amount 
of words in the morning. I hope it doesn't put you to sleep or bore you, but I feel like in order to understand its full context, it's something that uh, necessary needs to be done. But um, when I get to verses 36 and 37, I'll pull the slide up. But I'm looking at Luke chapter 10. We're starting with verse 25. So again, that's Luke 10, uh, starting with verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to, I'm sorry. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? So that's what is known as the Socratic method, uh, where he's answering a question with a question. Uh, and, and, and he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set, on, set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when you come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. You know, and again, when we uh, read uh, situations such as these, and where Jesus is talking to the attorney, and he gives this story, this is not simply just a story and illustration. These things really happen. And uh, I've had professors who would argue to the contrary, but I believe these are situations that uh, really happen. And, and Jesus used these uh, as illustrations uh, to make his points and get those through. You know, one, one aspect, you know, there's several ways to look at this uh, this morning. Of course, you know, you, there's there's the, the um, how can I put it, uh, the simplicity of it that a maybe a Sunday school teacher would use for young children of showing compassion to others. Uh, that is one way to look at it. And we'll, we'll get into that here in just one second. Uh, another way to look at this is remember the, attor the, the this attorney here. Uh, he was he was a keeper of the law, and for those of us for those of you who have been uh, listening and watching on our Sunday and Wednesday night study in Deuteronomy, uh, particularly this past. Uh, See Wednesday, I guess it was, because we didn't we we had the ceremony for Wendy Sunday night. Uh, one of the things that we were discussing was the fact that these individuals, the the priest, uh, the Pharisees, Sadducees, they thought they were going to earn their way into heaven by keeping every letter of the law. They thought their works were going to get them into heaven. And see, this is where we're we're coming from, and the respect of why this attorney was asking. Jesus these questions. He was hoping he was trying to corner Jesus and to make him uh, uh, try to goat him into saying that the keeping of the law is going to get him into heaven but Jesus ain't falling for that. Jesus knew exactly what he was trying to do and uh, he's trying to get through to him. It's not your keeping of the law. It's not the works that's going to get you into heaven. It's that understanding of salvation that's going to get you into heaven. 
And, uh, you know, that's the problem with a lot of people today is that they, they base their salvation on their works. And they have this idea of karma. If I do good things, good things will come my way. Baloney. All right. We do the good things. Uh, for those of us that are saved, we do good things because we love Jesus Christ. We want to do those things to honor and please him. Because we do good things, good things come our way is a fallacy because we live in a fallen world. You could, you, if anybody that's a Christian knows, the better you try to walk with the Lord, the closer you try to walk with God, the worse things get. Because the devil don't like it, and he's under the attack, and he wants to to rip you apart. And so you see that uh, you know we see the priest who went to the other side and tried to look the other way, and like he didn't see it because you know again in Deuteronomy you see the different rituals and things that if you touch a dead body or get near it, then you have to be considered unclean uh, for like 24 to 48 hours or what have you. And uh, so he wouldn't he wasn't sure if it was alive or dead. He just turned the other way, you know. But then we have the Samaritans. See, remember the Samaritans were hated people. Why? Because, again, going back to that study of Deuteronomy, the, the Jews wanted to uh, consider themselves pure. You know, it, it's almost uh, equivalent, 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 here a second, to, you know, you see like uh, Nazi Germany, you know, where they thought they were of the pure race. You know, I'm not saying Jews are Nazis. I'm not saying that. I'm just talking about uh, that idea of that their race was of the pure race. Hey, even the Japanese. Uh, were thought that they were of pure race. Well, that's why we had uh, they had kamikaze pilots, uh, because and why there was uh, they wanted to go on the attack. They did they wanted to make sure their race was pure. So it's not just distinct to Germany or white supremacists or Japan or whatever. There's this uh, this kind of thinking as infiltrated the thoughts, minds, and culture. Uh, but um, but in Deuteronomy, there was a reason why uh, that uh, God wanted them to stay pure in the sense of uh, to keep them from following and chasing after false gods. There was that sense of purity there, but see, the Jews took it to another level by adding on to the law of what God was trying to explain and show them. They were adding to it, so there, there's there's so it's not that God was uh, uh, pushing uh, the 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 mind of purity uh, he was in purity in the sense of spirituality but they take it to another level so anyway a lot to <laughs> i know i talk really fast but there's a lot to cover in the amount of time we have here but the samaritans they were considered intermixed races and so to them that was unethical uh there the see you know that's why we look at um the story of Good Samaritan. Uh, those would argue it's not political, but it is inferred. Well, it could be inferred politically. See, there's a reason why Jesus was hated. See, this very story flew in the face of the keepers of the law, of the Sadducees, the Pharisees. That's why they, they got uh, very angry with Jesus. And talking about race, you know, that's uh, race has become a big divide in our country today, uh, which is insanity. I don't understand. Instead of pulling the races together and working in unison, uh, there are those out there uh, that would, who want to divide us, and you can see it in TV, movies, uh, in politics. Uh, you know, it is they want they want everything they can do to try to divide us instead of uh, unite us uh, in every sense of the word. And so, because of those uh, um, that how can I put it? Um, that hatred towards the Samaritans, uh, it seemed very odd that he would help uh, somebody who would hate him. You know, that's why it just, it just you know, the, the, the illustration of itself would have been shocking to the people that, uh, uh, you know, they don't, uh, um, you know, they wouldn't understand why he would do that. But he was showing compassion towards somebody in need and in help and not only help uh, clean his wounds and put ointment on it, put him on his uh, uh 
animal. It didn't specify as a donkey or a camel. Uh, and, and even pay for his room and board was is insane. And it goes back to even when Jesus went to the woman of the well, who was a Samaritan, and Jesus, being a Jew, asked for water. And, you know, and it was like, wow, why would you do that? You know, it goes back to uh, not only can we see a political, socio, and uh, ethnic uh, uh, inference inference into the storyline that can be applied even to today showing that compassion loved others despite their ethnicity because it doesn't matter you know it's one thing that we promote at the church and went uh, seven first seven sixteen seven that uh, god doesn't look on the outward appearance god looks on the heart i don't care what you look like i don't care if you're male female black white i don't care what nationality you are i don't care if you have piercings all over your body you're tattooed from head to toe i don't care about that all right what I care about is where you are at with Jesus Christ. Where is your heart? Where Do you know Jesus Christ, your personal and Savior? That's my concern. That's all I care about. And um, it's like yesterday, I was out on the motorcycle, and uh, an uh, elderly man, well, I would say elderly, he was an older man. He came up, and he's talking about how he used to have a 63 Harley, and uh, we was talking a little bit, and uh, we have these little uh, poker chips. Oh, here you go. For those who don't know, we got these little poker chips that uh, have uh, our church name on it and got the phone number to the church and website. But on the back of it, it has uh, the plan of salvation. Well, I said, hey, let me give you something. You know, because I don't know if this man knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior or not, but I want to, if I give him this, maybe he'll go home and study that, look at that, and maybe, who knows, might make a profession of faith. But these little poker chips come very effective uh, in ministry. But so, you know, that's what's important and uh, is to make sure that we are treating others with compassion, with love. Now, there are those out there who have used this erroneously, uh, such as Hillary Clinton, Ugh, to even say the, the, her name invokes uh, a sense of nausea. <laughs> but uh, in her, in the, her uh, book, It Takes a Village, she uses this. We had Martin Luther King has used reference the uh, Good Samaritan. We've had Margaret Thatcher. You've had a lot of people uh, use uh, this illustration of Good Samaritan albeit some used it erroneously, uh, but we do need to show compassion to one another. Now, some would say, well, if you're showing compassion to one another, then we should have open borders and, and we should allow uh, everybody just to come through. No, because God's Word says if you don't take care of your family, you know better than an infidel. We have to have borders up in order to protect our family, protect our country from those who wish to destroy it because we have terrorists. We have people coming in who want to uh, to hurt us. You know, that's why you see an increase of murders and rape and everything coming in because you got a lot of thugs and gangsters and people coming across that don't need to be here. Uh, so that's why we have to have that uh, air of protection. So not only we have those with outside who wish to destroy us, we have those within who want to destroy us who are currently in administration. But we do need to show compassion. You know, there's a um, story about uh, in seminary that uh, there, there were students who had to do a, um, a, a message on the Good Samaritan. And so what they did, they had an individual uh, that they was not aware of on their way to class to present this message to, who faked a heart attack. Uh, to see what happened, and several of those seminary students walked past the man laying on the on the sidewalk so they could present their message to the class. 
So, you know, it, it amazes me. Those who will sit there and have a video camera and they're sitting there, you know, there's a fight or somebody hurt or sick and they're sitting there showing a video camera so they do something about it. I hate those videos where somebody's like, look at me. I'm helping a homeless person. Here, I'm giving him money. And aren't I kind of benevolent? I mean, just, if you're going to do an act of kindness, you don't have to broadcast it all over social media. Do it quietly and go on. You know, there's no reason but people want to pat on the back. They want to accolades of what they're doing. You're either doing it out of a sincere heart or for selfish reasons. But we need to be aware of that. We need to show compassion. And I know for some people, it's hard to show uh, compassion. It's hard for people uh, to show that. You know, I like the... Uh, uh, the uh, the meme that goes around where it shows somebody uh, uh, at the toilet sick, uh, uh, I guess uh, stomach flu, throwing up or whatever, and you see somebody uh, with a broom touching their shoulder going, they're there now. <laughs> That's about how, how compassionate a lot of people are, you know. They don't show a lot of, uh, uh, of, uh, of understanding sometimes. But be aware of that, you know. And I know it's uncomfortable when you see somebody crying or upset, you're thinking... <clears throat> What's wrong? <laughs> you know, because you, know, you don't want to hear it, you know. But we've got to uh, try to show uh, Christ within us to show that compassion. And there are some people out there you don't want to ask, "How are you today?" Because they will tell you. <laughs> There's there used to be an individual; they don't come to the church anymore. Oh, you know, because I always go around and say, "Hey, how are you doing today?" And I see them come around the corner. I'm like, "Oh no, <laughs> how are you today?" <laughs> Oh, you wouldn't believe it, my back and my feet. And, oh, today, this week was horrible. And I'm sitting there going, oh, how can I get away from this person? You know, and I, so I know it's horrible. You're a pastor. Yes, I am. But I don't want to, you know, it's, it is rhetorical sometimes. How are you doing? I just want to hear, I'm fine, so I can go on. <laughs> I don't want to hear every detail of what, what happened. But, uh, you know, but it is, uh, so there is that aspect of, um, Showing compassion to one another, showing love to one another in that. But uh, the uh, in this, uh, I'd like to read this one, this paragraph here in regards uh, to uh, this here. Uh, let's see here. Let's see where a good place to jump in at uh, to kind of drive uh, this this home here. Um, Let's see. Our question is, Jesus is telling us to follow the Samaritan's example in our own conduct. We are to show compassion and love for those we encounter in our everyday activities. We are to love others, regardless of their race or religion. Their criterion is need. If they need and we have the supply, then we are to give generously and freely without expectation of return. This is an impossible obligation for the lawyer and for us. We cannot always keep the law because our human condition, our heart, and desires are mostly of self and selfishness. When left to our own, we do the wrong thing, failing to meet the law. We can hope that the lawyer saw this and came to the realization that there was nothing he could do to justify himself, that he needed a personal savior to atone for his lack of ability to save himself from his sins. Thus, the lessons of the parable of the Good Samaritan are threefold. One, we are to set aside our prejudice and show love and compassion for others. Two, our neighbors is anyone we encounter. We are all creatures of the Creator, and we are to love all of mankind as Jesus has taught. And three, keeping the law in its entirety with the intent to save ourselves in an impossible task. We need a Savior, and this is Jesus. So, uh, and this comes from, um, let's see here. Well, I thought I had the source here, but apparently I did not. I was trying to, uh, 
yeah, Parables of Jesus by James Montgomery Boyce. So I always want to give credit. Uh, don't ever want to take credit for something I didn't do. So, uh, you know, we have to be careful about legalistic ideals. We have to be careful about uh, thinking we can save ourselves, atone uh, for our own sins, uh, but realize we are in need of a Savior, and that's all that's going to save us. That's all that's going to get us into heaven. And we need to show that compassion and love to one another. And we need to put away this... Um, uh, these color boundaries uh, that we see. And yes, uh, the political agenda of, uh, of, of pushing this political correctness out there is, is annoying. But, you know, um, it doesn't matter what your skin color is. Uh, like I said, uh, growing up with Japanese heritage, I was made fun of horribly, and uh, it was not fun at all. That's why I'm probably one of the least racist people you'll ever find, because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that when you can't help... Uh, your genetics on how you were born but uh, you know the other day I was and I think I told you all this here a while back I was trying to uh, build a little room down the basement and was uh, needing some help and uh, this uh, African-American man was there and his son and or grandson rather and I asked him a few questions and uh, he's trying to help me out a little bit because I didn't have a clue what I was doing I never built a wall before and a couple walls really and, uh, and I was, didn't even know even what kind of screws to go to the concrete. He helped me with that. When we get in the parking lot, I said, hey, do you have this some kind of special compact drill that's going to push that screw into the concrete? I said, oh, I didn't know. I'm just going to use my drill. He said, that won't work. The nearest man didn't know me from Adam's house, Ken. You're talking about showing compassion, showing understanding and love. He, he couldn't find out he was a pastor, too. In fact, he didn't know it, but he'd even been to our church when we got to talking at one point in time. Here, he didn't know me from Adam's house, cat, and he uh, let me borrow his drill, met up with him, got it back to him. I got him a, a gift card to pay him back for uh, to uh, let me use his tools there. But, you know, that right there shows, you're talking about showing a spirit of love, showing a spirit of Jesus. Uh, that was something that he demonstrated and didn't have no clue who I was. And uh, that's something, uh, you know, we need to uh, keep in mind and uh, reflect Christ in all that we do. So let us pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Uh, Lord, thank you for this teaching this morning. Help us to apply it and use it for spiritual growth. And Lord, for anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let us pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us. And Lord, I just pray that um, you'll be with Kim Penix and Wendy Lee. Lord, please bring a miraculous healing upon Wendy. Lord, be with all those who have lost loved ones with COVID, those who have loved ones who are battling COVID. Uh, Lord, I pray that you with all those who are watching and listening this morning, that you watch over them, lead God to protect them. And Lord, just be with us. And Lord, let's be a light in this world of darkness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Went over a few minutes today. Sorry about that. I uh, got a little long-winded. But don't forget to tune back in tonight at 7 p.m. as we continue our final study in Deuteronomy. So y'all need to be letting me know what next, what book of the Bible you would like to study next. So if you got any ideas, let me know. So hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. God bless.